welcome to episode five of Be Me to Sick Bay. We are back from the holidays. It is 2022. Did you guys have some good holidays? Did you have good holidays, McFreeze? Yeah, they're great, mostly. Hey, did you have good holidays? Pretty quiet holiday season, you know, COVID and all that. Everyone's all locked in, so it wasn't too exciting, but it was nice and pleasant, so can't complain. That's good. It's good to have nice and pleasant holidays, and I kind of like ho- quiet holidays better anyway. But this week, we are back and we are talking about The Battle, Season 1, Episode 9, where we get some Ferengi action again, and uh, it's less stupid than the first time. I don't know. (laughs) It's definitely less stupid. I like this episode a lot more. This was an actual episode of television that we watched, so market improvement. This is like the Ferengi (laughs) are actual people instead of little cartoon goblins, so that's good. Yeah, they did a good job of making them still goblins, but not quite as cartoony. Even for the one dude that is, like, over-the-top evil, they kind of imply that, like, oh, even for the Ferengi, that's too bad. Although then Riker writes it off as just them being, like, themselves, so whatever. Yeah. We'll get to it when we get to it. (laughs) We're also going to be talking about episode 10, uh, Hide and Q, where we get to see our friend Q again. Very exciting. Yay. Okay, so I was I was already pretty on board with Q from the first episode because he, he was a fucking standout character in that. But holy shit, holy shit, this episode. Hide and Q is <laughs> far and away the best episode we've watched. Oh really? You don't think so? No. You don't well, think so? No, I hate this episode. <laughs> oh my I love this episode. <laughs> There's a it's a land of contrasts, I will say that. Oh my Maybe. god. The entire I, ending is so good. Like, what do you want? I think we'll get to that. <laughs> because there's a lot to say about that one. There is. There is. There's a, there's a quite a bit. Oh. <laughs> Dog, please show the- up. Like, what do you want? <laughs> well, first, we're going to talk about the battle, though. So let me give you the, the stats, the specs, the information about the battle. It was first aired in November 16th, 1987. Uh, the teleplay was by Herbert J. Wright, and the story was by Larry Forrester, and it was directed by Rob Bowman. In-universe date was 41723.9, and in this one, the Enterprise meets uh, some Ferengi that requests a meeting with them, and one of them is looking for revenge against Captain Picard. That's probably what? a terrible summary. I don't know. I'm just, I make oh these summaries God. up on the, on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, are you guys' initial this- thoughts of this episode? We talked about it a little bit already. This is the Havana Syndrome episode. So um, I really didn't, I don't know. I'm really not that interested in the Ferengi and this didn't do much for me in that regard either. Uh, th- th- this was much better than the first introduction. Like this should have been the first episode of the Ferengi. Like this actually yes. kind of introduces them and like what they're like and all that and all that. But like as an episode, um, I thought it was like kind of interesting, like Picard getting like PTSD from his war days. I didn't realize that he was like so decorated, so decorated before. Uh, I don't know if they've like implied that in earlier episodes. So you kind of get like that a sense of that more so in this. Well, but, the thing the thing with the show is that the Enterprise is actually the flagship of the Federation. It's like the best ship in the entire Federation. So he's a good captain. Like that goes okay. without saying. Yeah. Well, I yeah, thought like I I didn't realize he was like a. I guess war hero is too strong of a, of a term for it, but like that, like he had like, you know, his own maneuver and he's like yeah. this, <laughs> oh, he's got maneuver. maneuvers. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I think you get some more backstory in Picard, which is nice. And you get to see Ferengi as actual characters, kind of, kind of, um, but yeah, aside from that, it, this episode didn't do, didn't do too much for me. 
I like it because it, it's like the first time you actually see a, a real battle in space, you know, even though you're seeing it just as Drupa Card's memory. But before, like when they've when they've had conflicts, it hasn't really been anything like severe. This is uh, we, we really got to shoot the guy down or they're going to shoot us down kind of thing. And I think it's an interesting look at um, the way the starships function in that in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's more of an I would say more of an interesting episode than a exciting one to me but it is interesting enough to keep me invested mm-hmm. but yeah I in think terms the thing of it... it is not as much fun as uh some of the other ones well, i think it's like, pro- produced well enough that it's it's like even though the story itself isn't too engaging it's still like a, a, just an entertaining television episode to watch for me for me personally, like, and it, you know, the episode is very much written like this on purpose. It's the, the parts of it that are interesting are about Picard, but I don't feel like it fleshes out the, you know, the Ferengi at all as like an interesting like faction, which you'd hope they would do at this point because they're like the other main race they're kind of dealing with. You might be disappointed in uh, the next generation in general in that regard because they never. Oh, I'm 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 aware things change in that regard where the Frankie kind of fall off to being just a jobber a jobber race, but um, yeah, uh, I, 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 if that was the if the intention is to make the Frankie more interesting, I, I don't think it did that. But it, you know, what? we got some good card content, so let's get into the episode. All right, we are the Enterprise is rendezvousing with the Frankie who are just giving them the message. Stand by. Please stand by without meeting them. And we see uh, Picard's quarters is where we open, which is, he's got nice quarters. He's got a a fish tank. Very exciting. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but, uh, Dr. Crusher enters because he's been uh, tired and having headaches and complaining about that. And uh, they apparently don't exist in the future, is what what we're getting from her. Um, (laughs) So she's very concerned. Well, she said that we have fully charted all of the brain's functions, and so we know all the causes of any kind of ailment here. Yeah, so Dr. we can fix it with the no problem. But he, she says that, oh, nobody gets headaches anymore, which means, like, I don't know, is there, like, special fluoride in water that prevents headaches? Like, what does that mean? You can't just yeah, be that, that preventative. <laughs> I'm sure you can treat them, but people would still get headaches, I feel like. No, they've evolved beyond headaches. Everybody knows how to do stretches just right every day, so they never get a tension headache ever. Yeah, you got to yeah. stretch your head correctly. So Riker calls, and the Ferengi are finally ready to talk. And they go to the bridge and talk uh, on on the view screen to the leader of the Ferengi ship, Damon Bach. It shows up in the same way that Frankie do in the other episode, which is on the, on the giant face on the white background. We don't get to see Ferengi ships they, ever for some reason. The Ferengi love the white void so much. They do. It's their green screen. They don't they forget really to put cool. anything in it. <laughs> yeah they're like we're, we're very intimidating in this and i like how damon bach too i noted he has a little tattoo on his forehead mm-hmm. i thought that was a nice little detail but we uh bach knows picard right away he he tell, calls him the hero of maxia and uh he wants to speak to them in person uh, regarding something and is asking if they should speak on his ship or theirs uh and wait the hero Maxia stuff comes later. Fuck, I got ahead. I got ahead of my notes. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> but Troy senses deception and danger on Bach's part. And uh, so they cut off communications. And then uh, Riker's like, okay, well, we should meet them here then if it's going to be dangerous. So they're like, okay, Bach, you can come over here. No worries. Yeah. I like that 
they still have the cut them off motion in the future. And also, <laughs> uh, the Ferengi costumes have been upgraded. They have bottom teeth now. Oh, I didn't they even do. notice. I, I didn't notice that. Oh, my God. Not, not, not that you mentioned it. I do remember that. Oh, my God. I mean, I noticed that they had bottom teeth, but I didn't notice that they didn't have bottom teeth before, I guess. So, <laughs> I remembered yeah. it in the first episode they were in because it was funny and bad. <laughs> they, they also have bad. like these uh, striped costumes that they're wearing, like these like robish things. Did you notice that? Yeah, I like the the headdress thing that like Bach is wearing that has like the kind of chainmail sort of look. Kind like I like yeah, that a neat. lot better than the <laughs> just the the cloth things they had wrapped around their head in the first episode. Yes, yes. Uh, so we are in the sick bay now. Uh, Picard's lying on the table, and Crusher's examining him, trying to get to the roots of these headaches. And um, and also they mention in this scene too that the common cold has been cured. They're like we nobody gets headaches anymore. It's like the common cold. We've cured that. Which again, how are they like? Like, does everyone get like supplements every morning? Like, how are they preventing all these like, you know, common problems? I mean, I, I get the idea that like, you know, they're so far advanced that the idea of like, oh, headaches, oh, colds—that's like, you know, problems of the past. But th there, there's some things that are just innate to humanity that you can't, you can't quite just dispel those. No, it's yeah. fine. They just went around and shot all of the cold viruses until they died. Damn. Well, I've, I think it's more believable that they could cure the common cold before they could get rid of headaches entirely, because yeah, at least that's yeah. a, just a series of viruses and you finally like uh, get them isolated and, and shoot them like McFree said. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't introduce myself at the start of the show, by the way. I forgot how to do a podcast. I'm Mira. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm your host. I got jumped ahead. Um, she she gives Picard a painkiller, but she can't figure out what's causing the headache. All of her readings are normal. Uh, then we go back to the bridge. The Ferengi are about to beam over. Wesley runs up off the turbo lift. And what is he wearing? Ace? I, I did not write down. What, okay, so full confession. I'm just going off my memory right now. I did. I don't have my uh, my first episode notes on hand, so I defer to my friend uh, McFreeze. McFreeze, what is Wesley wearing? Uh, if he's wearing the same thing as he wears later, <laughs> he's wearing his signature. Uh, it's like a, it's kind of like the Starfleet uniform, but it's gray, and he's got. The three stripes across the front that are red, yellow, and blue. And it's his shirt. That's his shirt. That's the Wesley shirt. It's a, it's his uh, little ensign, his temporary ensign, acting ensign uniform. Wait, that's his uniform? That's his uniform. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is the best gift I ever could have asked for. I didn't realize that was the... I thought that was just a stupid Wesley sweater. Oh, it God. is. A, he's it is wearing the stupid Wesley sweaters at this point because he's always in his stupid uniform now. Oh, this is better than anything I could have ever asked for. I, I love his. <laughs> I love his stupid uniform because, uh, to me, it's like the perfect example of if the '80s threw up on a person and made clothing <laughs> with the with the '80s vomit. Like this is the most '80s thing possible. It's so is, good. this uniform. Man, it looks like. Um, now that you mention it, it looks like the cover of a VHS tape. It does. Oh my god, you're <laughs> you nailed that one. Oh my god. Okay, so Wesley shows up in his VHS tape. Uh, he is he's been playing around in engineering and outputting the sensors uh, to make them stronger. And he he gets an intruder alert. And uh, Captain Picard is not at his best right now, but he's yelling at Wesley, saying like, "You could have just called us. You know that could have been an emergency." 
But it turns he's out it's right. just... Okay, so so he's actually right here. He Wesley, you know, he comes up from comms. He comes he takes the the fucking lift all the way up to the bridge to like give like a, a notification that like there's something on the sensors. When uh Picard says, "Okay, you should have just told your acting officer about that because you don't need to take 10 minutes to get here to tell us about that." Yeah. It's absolutely right. It's completely valid. (laughs) But luckily, the ship is not dangerous. It's just an old uh, Federation ship that um, is not responding to hails. Mm. They can't can't figure out what's going on with that. But the Ferengi show up. They just uh, beam directly onto the bridge, which I thought was weird um, that they can do that. What was weirder was when they get beamed on, they all have they're all like perplexed about beaming on when I assume they beam themselves onto there, but they're all like, whoa, because they're, they're Ferengi and they have to like overreact to everything. Well, they didn't. Yeah. They've never been on the ship before. They're like, whoa, it's all different and human. <laughs> but they could act like people about it. You know, you don't have to like. Mm. No, they have to be Ferengis. <laughs> they have to Ferengi they, it up. They're very Ferengi. It's true. Uh, so we, we meet uh, Bach and his first officer, Kazago, who we'll get to see more of in this episode. And also their second officer, Everett done is Rata, who we never see again. So hello, never, Rata. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're just uh, doing the standard Ferengi, like looking around. Oh, uh, clothed females. Very interesting. <laughs> uh, that they are, sir, by the way, Riker says when, when they say like a comment about the clothed females. I thought that was very funny. Riker's like, they are that, sir. They're so yeah, I, I love those ladies in some clothing. Uh, and the Frankie also are like, oh, you're a date of the android. And they offer to buy him. And then uh, Riker says, oh, you can't. You wouldn't want him anyway. He's secondhand goods. That's is, very rude, I feel it's like. It's very rude. Data's <laughs> <laughs> like, am I, sir? Oh, it was a joke. Oh, man. Just a human joke. I didn't uh, get the joke. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's barely it's a joke it's just kind of it's being really, mean it's really and, uh, just Riker being mean he's Riker's kind of an asshole the Riker is talking because Picard is trying to talk and he's having trouble finding words in his mouth yeah the headaches really got him screwed up mm-hmm. I, and that's relatable I feel like I often have the same feeling as Picard in this scene where he's trust, trying to think of the words and can't quite do it like, uh, uh, you, you know it's just on the tip of my tongue oh, but the other like, ship. <laughs> no uh i think like Riker and i think crusher always have to like finish his sentences for him because he's just mm-hmm. he's having trouble just finishing everything he says he's like ah, yeah nah. it's yeah he's clearly impaired yes yes which no one seems to notice or care about not really no they're, they're just like whatever well, he's having yeah. a bad day <laughs> don't worry <laughs> so the other about starship it shows up and it's under ferengi control and they say it is a gift uh, and Bach, Bach at this point is when he calls Picard the hero of Maxia and Picard's like, what the hell is Maxia? I don't know what you're talking about. And Data has to pull it up in his little memory banks and, and realize uh, Picard destroyed an unidentified starship that was actually Ferengi. And Bach takes great exception at this. This was a Ferengi vessel. Uh, but apparently the Ferengi ship had uh, deliberately attacked them and Picard destroyed it. Um, and Bach wanted to give uh, them back this ship, which is actually the Stargazer, Picard's old ship. And its records for free of charge, which his officers freak out about. What? No price? No They don't understand price? that at all. Uh, and then uh, as the ship comes up, Picard gets a stronger headache. And Troy also feels something at this point, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, uh, there's like, hey, we just found this ship over here. It was on the other side of this star system. And, you know, you can just have it. Yeah, they just found it lost and derelict in space. And Bach offers it as an act of friendship. Uh, and his officers really hate this. <laughs> they, they're so offended by the idea of just doing something out of, like, you know, doing something outside of the uh, the idea of, like, you know, profitability because mm-hmm. as the Ferengi way, you always have to profit off something. Little do they know. Well, um, that is, is true. And you were talking about uh, whether this episode actually um, gives you more insight into the Ferengi. And I feel like this actually, this episode does do a better job of really showing you their values. And I'm looking for that stupid Gene Roddenberry letter, uh, which I don't have saved. The one that talks about their dicks. Do you know if you guys know the one? Um, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, can't believe we're already back to dick chat no no oh. no i'm not talking about their dicks i'm not talking about their dicks there was something else in that letter that was really good i'm I'm trying to pull it up so i can read it i Other thought we were reading uh, ferengi dick chat okay no 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 i have nothing to say about ferengi dicks do you think uh, they have, like dicks like shaped like giant ears you know what i mean like well according to that letter uh <laughs> 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 they just <laughs> Why are we talking about dicks now? Uh, they just well, have uh, genitals, which would be very pleasing to a human female, according to the Jane Roddenberry letter. But I can't, I can't find, I can't find it. Anyway, they talked about their values and how um, th- this is very urethra, in- like an ear canal. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> this is very in keeping with uh, Ferengi values. Is they care about profit above all else, and uh, in in their culture, uh, like giving a gift to somebody for free is actually uh, not a friendly act at all because it's very distrusted, you know, because they expect everybody is going to be charging for everything. That's normal. That's the normal way they interact with everybody. Mm-hmm. So for them to to react this way is, is very in keeping with them. And it's very strange for Bach to do this because that's not how they do. Mm-hmm. Like a friendship offering to a Ferengi would be like giving someone something at a discount, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right 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 just their culture is based around just you know the trade of goods it's kind of like in ff14 uh the i forget what they're called in um the first but it's kind of like how the kobolds like their entire culture is just based around like you know you know cracking your wallet and all that so yeah mm-hmm. I, I i can i can see that yeah the mords the mords another another type of goblin which makes you think hmm. makes you think well no they they weren't they weren't yeah, they were. You're right. Kobolds thought... are a type of goblin, yes. Yeah, yeah I think right. <laughs> I, basically the same. Thing. They're they're the other goblins, I guess. Yeah, they're they're rat based goblins. Okay, so the Frangi have left, and the Enterprise takes position of the Stargazer and puts it in a tow. Uh, and then we have Sick Bay again. Picard is also being examined by Crusher again, and Troy is there saying like she felt that she it was like a, a mechanical thought in nature at the same time his headache flared up, um, and. He, at the same time, had a memory of uh, the battle on the Stargazer when he was uh, the so-called hero of Maxia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could, like, feel the fire and hear the voices and all that. And, um, that that's it. My, I, I said I took good notes for this episode, but I lied. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's I I not did. like there's a lot happening here. There's, there's not, not a lot happening, happening in this so episode. Far, yeah. There's a lot of, like, Picard lying down and being like, my head hurts. I feel bad about the battle. There's a lot of people yeah. being very dramatic, like Troy saying, a memory or a nightmare. Yeah. So it, <laughs> don't know, I, don't I believe know. it's around this time they kind of they wrap up like the, uh, you know, they wrap up the transaction of the ship. They kind of get it onto a uh, tractor beam and they prepare or they 
either they either put it on the tractor beam now or after they check it out. But either way, they're getting ready to check out the ship. Yeah. Uh, but they also first go to the lounge where Picard is talking to all his officers about the battle, which this is the <gasps> point where I'm like, okay, you don't remember this. He doesn't understand why the, the Frankie calls him the hero of Maxia. He literally had a maneuver written up about what he does in this fight, and he did not remember. <laughs> this seems like maybe his like biggest accomplishment as an officer, because he it's a, he's in the history books for this, quite literally. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and so- later, and later, one of the, I think it's, uh, Jordy who says this when he's on the, uh, the, the, what's, what's it called? The Star Watcher? Stargazer? Stargazer. Um, when he's on the Stargazer, he says, wow, I can't believe I'm actually on the Stargazer. It's that famous. Yeah. He read about it in, in the history books. Oh, yeah. It was at the Academy. Picard was like, well, I wouldn't call that a battle. It was more like I just owned really hard. Dude, you're also, fucking, you had to scuttle your ship because of that battle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is literally what lost uh, the Stargazer. It's How do you not forget important. This? What do you mean it's not that big of a deal? <laughs> I thought that was uh, very, it. very weird. Um, he's like, but, anyone would have done that. I, it wasn't anything special. Yeah, he's he's relaying exactly what happened, how the maneuver works, where I guess you uh, warp in front of their face and they, there's, they see two images of you and then you can shoot them right there i don't know i wasn't paying really attention didn't, i was trying to like i i had this written down too but like he says how he like he warps in front of the opposing ship which somehow results in there being an after image of the ship in its original position but he's actually in front of the frangie ship and that's whenever he kind of lets loose as they fire at the wrong look as the frangie fire at the wrong location they then are able to you know, blast the Ferengi away. I really didn't quite understand. What it's like saying. Master Roshi, yes. But also when <laughs> yeah, they it... they show the maneuver later in the episode, and that is not what happens. No, it's not at all. It. So it's I don't get it really. But it got him in the history books for some reason. I mean, the idea of it is really cool. I just don't understand how it's supposed to work. Um, and what else? Uh, 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 oh yeah, the the ship got sh- i'm sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> start over here i'm gonna edit this part out of the podcast um, <laughs> so the, he's uh they get really heated um talking about the battle picard does and he actually gets in the moment where he's calling out to vigo in the room his his former weapons officer like he's really there and everybody's like what <laughs> picard are you okay and uh he's like oh yeah yeah i just got i just got uh, into the story i guess which is, it's very odd, though. It's a very odd uh, thing to do. Mm-hmm. He's, just, um, he's clearly, like, something is, like, clouding his memory or his, like, he, he's reliving things in his head a little too literally at this point. You kind of get a sense of that. Yeah. And he wants to go check out the Stargazer, his old ship. And they're like, oh, we'll check it out for safety first. Let's go. Let's go send an away team over there and have a look. Let's do this safely. So we'll send other people to get on there first. And then you can come on. There's no other way, safe way to do this. They don't want to kill the captain. That's important. I know. But like you could like you have probably better tools to scan it that are on the ship rather than just sending dudes on there. What if you just send some dudes? Just send data. He can do everything by himself. I mean, I, I assume that they scan the ship before they send people over to it, too. But the, we, we get uh, on the Stargazer. Uh, we were there with Tasha and Data on the bridge. And you can see that it has been burned out. There clearly was a fire. Um, mm-hmm. Looks kind of crappy. It doesn't look that crappy. You think it would, after being on fire, it would look a little bit worse. 
But uh, there's some soot. And there's there's just that. kind of like scorch marks here and there. And just like, like on the bridge, you see a big scorch mark. And on the floor, you kind of see some stuff just just strewn around. But yeah, honestly, it's not in that bad condition. No, it looks Cap- pretty decent. The captain's chair has a bunch of ashes on it. But maybe Picard was just a big time smoker. So <laughs> that could be. That was his smoking days. Yeah. Uh, as Jordy walks in and has activated the emergency power cells, so now there's light, and Worf also is there, and they can't find any booby traps or anything. Things are looking all right. So they're like, all right, Captain, come on over. And uh, Captain Picard and Dr. Crusher beam over as well, and that's when you see uh, Picard dusting the soot off of his chair from his smoking days. Mm-hmm. Uh, just checking out the bridge and having memories lanes, and Data's checking out the logs, too. And I like, it, did you guys look at the screen while Data was checking out the logs? Because you actually can read a summary of the log entry. I think this must be from the remastered version of the show. Uh, but you can, you can read it. a little. There's summary. no way they bothered putting that in the original version. I yeah. no way. Yeah, I just I don't think they even had the technology. Right, uh, it was cool. The, it's like it's interesting that the captain's log got uh, transcribed. Into you got to think that they got form. the technology to easily do that, though. Like probably all the logs are are easily uh, turned into text form. I hope it's better than uh, what we got YouTube auto captions these days. <laughs> You know, I think I think YouTube auto captions do a pretty good job. I'm gonna defend them. I think I think that technology is cool as hell. You know what works? You know what works really well is dictation for Microsoft Word. That works super duper well. You kind of have to Does know it? how to how to fuss with it for like you know uh, for grammar and stuff. But like, it, if you just want to talk at Microsoft Word, that that works very very consistently. Yeah, hmm. a lot of that stuff does now too. I think uh, Google's thing also works really well, and of course iPhones. Mm-hmm. I've had that forever. Um, you can even talk to Amazon now. Yeah, Jeff Bezos has all my information, including everything Yay. I say, just like every other corporation. Yeah. Yeah. Including Spotify as they track what we say on here. Hooray. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're literally recording it and putting it on the service willingly. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's okay. uh, uh, so Picard goes to look at his old captain, uh, his, his old captain, his old cabin. Um, in his old cabin, he's he's reading some of his old books because he's a big nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also get a camera shot of there's a big chest on the ground and it's got some kind of glowing orb inside it that Picard does not notice. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> like, to worry about. he doesn't see this fucking giant. This red, it's got a big red. Uh, the top half of it is just glowing, and it's so, got I'm gonna, cool. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I watched this episode two times. I did not see it either. <laughs> This is fair. Wow. And he's he's looking at his old stuff too. He's like, Oh yeah, I love this book. I'm gonna look at it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's not looking he for was, some big orb. He was distracted by saying, Oh, finally, I have books now. <laughs> but my life has been missing. Uh but the, the orb glows and glares up, uh, does a flare up, makes a horrible sound and um it's not audible, like he doesn't hear it. We hear it. It's like a humming sound to indicate that the orb is making a sound. Uh, but he suddenly gets a really bad headache and collapses overwards. And then Crusher's like, oh, no, I knew this was a bad idea. We got to get you back to the ship. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also during this, while the, while the orb flares up, we get a cut to Bach on the Ferengi vessel, we assume, uh, using a, the same kind of orb, like turning it and adjusting it and turning it on and saying, try this hero of Maxia. So we know that he's behind this. Yeah, he keeps turning right. it up. And every time they cut to him, we see him turning it on Harder and harder, and 
I assume by the end it's just on like 500% power because he just keeps cranking it up. Well, if you look at the screen, they actually like uh, every time they cut back to it, they like have a panel up there, which is just like, you know, it's just like a cutout where they put like an LED behind or whatever. Um, every time he they, it cuts back to him, they have a different cutout of the bars just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think you're right, actually. <laughs> I didn't see that, but that's good. I'm glad. I just remember it going boop. <laughs> so okay so they according to crusher they have every part of the brain mapped out they have a full understanding they can't understand when someone's like getting forced like getting like forced headaches or something like you think that would be on the map somewhere right you'd think so i i, mm. I don't know how he can be in this much pain and her instruments don't see it at all it's very yeah. confusing but also picard uh wants to keep looking at his possessions from the stargazer but Dr. Crusher says, oh, no, I'll have somebody send them over to the Enterprise for you, mm-hmm. to your quarters, what, which is what, important. What, one cute thing I, uh, I, that happens early on in this episode between uh, Crusher and uh, Picard is that Picard says, you know, I need to do this. I need to do that. And, you know, while he's having the headaches and everything, Crusher says, nope, you're going to go down to sick bay. I'm the only person on here that can actually give you an order. Like, yeah, oh, that's, that's a good one. And then and he then immediately he, ignores, he ignores her and goes it. to the bridge. He doesn't <laughs> do it. And she's like, well, okay. I try. <laughs> she can technically do it, but, you know, he does whatever he wants. He's like, well, I order myself to not do that. Take yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we get a shot then of the Enterprise bridge. Uh, Riker's talking to the first officer of the Frangi, Kazago, again. Um, and... Uh, they take the stargazer and begin towing it. And I like Riker rubs in like, oh, you're, you're giving it to us for free, huh? 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 Because I was like, rah, hangs up. <laughs> he did say grog. He did. That down. It's good. He actually took a screenshot of it, I think, and posted it. Let's see. It doesn't need to say snarling. It says snarl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he clearly said grog. Uh, um. Picard's still suffering from the headaches, of course, and he gives command of the bridge to Riker and leaves to go rest in his quarters. Uh, and Troy knows something is wrong, but she doesn't know what, which is real helpful, Troy. Thank you. <laughs> Troy She's tries like, her best. Something is wrong with the captain, but I have no idea what it is. <laughs> That's classic, Troy. We, we, we needed uh, an all-knowing empath to know that our, our captain that's fucking dying of headaches to, to let us know that something's wrong. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> remember, remember how the first time she said she could not scan Ferengi brains, and then in this episode she just did anyway. Listen. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't going to mention that because it seemed a little too uh, nitpicky. But also, you're absolutely right, and I did really want to mention it because I forgot like, about that. They, yeah, and they do bring it up again later when the Ferengi come back in the future. They do talk about how the Ferengi can't be read by telepaths. So make up your damn minds, TNG. Yeah, Cinema Sin. Oh Cinema Sin. C- ding. Dang it, dang it. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um so card's quarters we have the chest from the stargazer is there you can see it it's closed uh but you can we can hear the humming noise coming from it obviously picard can't or he would probably look in the chest and say hey there's a giant glowing orb in here uh but he doesn't do that so Instead, whoa, we just I, i'm sorry i have a question how did yes. he start getting headaches if he was never near an orb in the first place um i think he started getting the headaches as they were approaching the ship and hanging out outside the frankie ship well, remember the, the Ferengi ship has been there for three days, they said at the beginning, just not doing anything. So yeah, it, must but like, been, it was close enough that it could send the beam at him. 
I they guess. do actually give some explanation to that later too. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll bring or, up. Remember, remind let me. Let me complain. Bring it up in and case please I don't. damn you. No, complain away. You should complain. Complaining is good. We like that here on this show. Uh, uh, go ahead. The chest is there. Uh, Picard is lying down, and he just starts uh, immediately like dreaming of the stargazer, and you can hear everything happening in that battle and that uh, ship and all this crew and. We, ju we just get it as voices and sound through his head. We don't see anything at this point, but just uh, we know he's dreaming of the stargazer. And in the ready room, Data and Riker are talking. Data has found a conflict in the stargazer's logs of the battle. After listening to Picard tell the whole story and everything, there's a, actually a log entry by Picard on the stargazer saying, uh, no, we actually blew up the Ferengi ship uh, for no reason. Totally, uh, they were totally harmless. Yeah, and yeah. we were just... Our ship just, uh, there was something that happened in engineering, and we just yeah, caught fire on fire. Yeah, the fire ship was just right. from engineering. It just happened. So and this right, is this is obviously like a falsified record of Picard confessing that he blew up an innocent, an innocent ship. And then, yeah. then there's a convenient explanation of how their own ship caught on fire and they, why they had to you know, escape. What right. I think is oh. really interesting about this is that this is, you know, every time in sci-fi shows, there's a little kernel of truth of like, things that they kind of predict in them and this is like something we see happening already of like being able to man manipulate like voices like i think this is very very interesting yeah, it's it's a deep fake yeah mm -hmm. this is a fucking deep fake in, in tng like that's that, that's predictive technology right there it's cool yeah it was i guess i mean it, i didn't really ever think about that because it seems like the kind of technology that's been there my entire life, but it really hasn't. You're right. It's just in recent times that people have had the technology to really do that kind of deep fake. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's such a problem now that like you'd think that the idea of audio logs in general on a starship are absolutely absurd because it would be so easy to do that in the future. Right. You just get some samples of somebody's voice and you can just have them say whatever you want. But uh, everybody knows this must be a fake. Like they're like, they have no doubt that Picard would not lie to them or forget this happened. Mm -hmm. uh, but Data needs to figure out that it is a fake, that they have proof. And uh, Riker is duty-bound to report this to Starfleet um, so that they can investigate it as well. And all this is just taking more and more of a toll on Picard, who at this point is like kind of starting to get to his like wit's end in terms of his own like like sanity almost. Like He feels like mm -hmm. he doesn't know who he is at this point. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, is this is when Riker gets all serious. He's on a mission. He's gonna go call what's his <laughs> name on the other ship. Yeah, uh, he tries Kazago. telling the, the first officer on their captain. He's like, Hey, you're the first officer. I gotta know something from you. And this is where Kazago makes the famous joke, I'm all ears. Hey, so I smiled. Much. I clapped. I, I really like that Riker's doing this, though, too, because I like the idea of going first officer to first officer. Like, there's some kind of camaraderie against ships' first officers out there, you know? Like, <laughs> we may be strange aliens who basically hate each other, but we're both first officers, so let's talk man to man. Mm -hmm. um, and I like, too, that he also, like, we don't know the name of the, <laughs> the Ferengi starship. They never named it. He calls it Starship Ferengi. This is Commander Riker from the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's not helps. important. Ah, and the I'm all ears line is so perfect. I love it. The show is really good at deadpan humor sometimes. Like we're not trying to be funny, but we are trying to be funny. Yeah. So uh Riker's like, why would your captain do this? Uh this friendship thing if he knew that 
Picard was secretly evil and killing people on purpose. And uh, Kasago's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You're accusing us of bad faith crime? What? I'm I'm hanging up on you. This is bullshit. The Ferengi, does. the Ferengi guy does the Ferengi thing of being like, oh, oh I can't believe you'd accuse us. We're so nice. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the Ferengi playbook at this point is them getting angry over very, very small accusations instead of trying to, like, settle things. Because that's what that's how Ferengi do at this point. Yeah, that's how they operate. I mean, they did give him a shoal ship for free. He's like, man, that was so generous of us. And here you want to tell me that we're somehow yeah. screwing you. Right, we right. Would, we would never. Anyway, we go to Picard's quarters. Uh, Dr. Crusher is back, and Picard says he feels like he's dying from a headache. And this is where he's he's really, like... I Like, in the previous scene in the ready room, I don't think he, he's so much lost it completely, like Hayes was saying. Uh, but now he really is, like, at his wit's end. He can't he's, take this anymore. The headaches are killing him. He's very cranky doing, due to being in severe pain. Yes. <laughs> yes. And meanwhile, Bach is uh, over on the other ship playing with his orb, and the frequency oh, gets higher. He's cranking it so hard. He's <laughs> he cranking that crank. orb. He loves cranking those balls. Um, and Picard just collapses with pain while uh, Beverly's with him, and she gives him another painkiller. She thinks it must be caused by some kind of emotional pressure, which is like, what? Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have the entire brain mapped, you guys. No, emotions are not part of the brain. They're a mysterious, mystical force. It's... Oh, that explains the betazoids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Picard points out to her that his headache started before the Stargazer even showed up, so it can't be caused by emotional stress about that. But he's like, well, maybe you're right, though, because I've been dreaming about it and thinking about it all the time, and now it shows up? And he's really, like, the scene is, is primo. He has lost it. Yes. He's, he's starting to question his own memories and doubt himself and thinking, like, what if I did actually destroy an innocent ship? And Like, this is the most interesting part of the episode in my eyes more so than like the full breakdown later. Cause this is where he's just like in like, he's in like partial dementia mode of like, I don't know. I can't trust myself. I can't trust my surroundings or my own memories. Like it's, I'm just fucking terrified. Yeah. And he, he sells it so well. He's Patrick Stewart is such a good actor. Yeah. He might be pretty good. He's I'm pretty pretty say. dang good at that acting thing. Uh, but Crusher gives him a sedative without even asking him, by the way. Just immediately shoots his arm with a sedative. I, 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 I wrote that down, too. He's, <laughs> she just, like, that. sticks him. Yeah. Okay. Eh, shut up. Go to sleep. <laughs> just tucks him into Betty by and puts a sensor on his forehead that's supposed to monitor him, I guess. I'm not sure what that sensor's for. Um, but like he, he has just... big eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah big robot the big, eyebrows. The plastic bits on his forehead that uh, show up a few times in the course of the show. Yeah, I, f- I feel like they have to be some kind of brain monitoring device that they have, that, but she doesn't explicitly say. Uh, but anyway, he immediately starts dreaming about the battle again, um, and Bach is on the Frankie ship, still torturing him with the orb, saying that he's, he's ready to relive the past. He's still going mwahahahahaha. <laughs> he's really mwahaha and a lot. We, we see him, I think, like six times this episode. Or seven times, maybe uh, the first two times are him, you know, talking to the crew. And every other instance we see him, it's just him, just full sphere mode, going crank, crank, crank. It's <laughs> all he does. It's really he loves good. it. It's so good. This time we actually get a visual on the dream that he's having, where Picard sees himself on the Stargazer bridge, and he has like phantoms, literal phantoms of uh, his former crew members uh, surrounding him, and he's reliving the battle, and the fire is there, and it's very intense. 
Okay. And so it, it was cool didn't... seeing like an entirely di- like you know he's commanding a different crew while things are going to hell. That that, that was a cool visual. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I really like the the battle scene in this, and and the show will do obviously other battle scenes in the future. But I, like I said, I think this is the first time they really show that stuff, and I, mm-hmm. I liked it. It's interesting. Uh, Data is talking to Riker and Jordy in the ready room about the log analysis. He has definitely determined that it is a forgery, of course. Uh, I don't remember how he explained how he found it, but it was like, blah, 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 technical. It's a fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he but said they, there was a checksum discrepancy, and then he describes something which is not what a checksum is. But it's <laughs> I was about to say, that's not how checksum... Like, he kind of says the like he compares it to, like, a past, like, log, which wouldn't technically, you know, dissolve the, the legitimacy of that, but it doesn't matter. They know it's fake. Yeah. Yeah. They just have to have something to tell Starfleet. Now they got it. And the now they got it. Picard comes in and they tell him the good news. Hey, that, that log entry, definitely a fake. He's looking much better, by the way. Like, he got a full night's sleep. He's like, yeah. I feel great. Uh, <laughs> He's so Crusher, happy. Crusher walks in during the scene and she's trying to ask Riker about a brain scan, but sees Picard there and is like, what? What are you doing here? I gave you a sedative. You're supposed to be in your bed. And he's like, no, I'm fine. Uh, but uh, he orders everybody to leave the room except for Riker. And um, uh, yeah, and he's like, hey, shut up, doctor. I'm the captain. Get <laughs> out of here. Yeah, she says she's leaving with protest. That's what I was trying to think of. Man, I'm sorry about how I am today, by the way. I feel like somebody might be messing with my brain with an I orb can't right now. I believe someone's trying to <laughs> on the Merc. No. Oh. oh, I think I've just been uh, having a little too much recreation this weekend. Um. Where are we now? All right, so they were, um, so uh, Picard was just yelling at everyone, "Get out of my room!" Especially oh. you, Crusher, get out of here. Yeah, and then he, he tells Riker, to to Riker he wants he wants the uh, transport beam removed from the um, stargazer, and and Riker looks him looks at him really weird and is like, "Why?" And he just explains like, "Maybe you weren't paying attention at the academy, but uh, the ship will carry herself with our inertia. You don't need to have the tractor beam on it." And he's mm-hmm. like, "Okay." Yeah, we'll just, we got to save power here. We're on an energy crisis on this ship, don't you know? Yeah, it's a, it's a very strange order, but Riker goes ahead and obeys it, and the tractor beam is released. Uh, and then in the sickbay, Crusher finds thought process disorder in the captain uh, talking to Troy. She's like, he's got some kind of thought process disorder. His brain's not working right. And Troy's like, I know what you mean, because I've been sensing two sets of random thoughts that are, they both feel like him. One of them is not the same, and uh, it's very confusing for both of them. And then Wesley shows up, and we get the best Wesley scene in this episode. The only I wrote, Wesley scene hooray, in this episode. Wesley's here. <laughs> oh, my God. I wrote down, oh, my God, and I just said it <laughs> in the same way that I wrote it down. Oh, my God. This is, uh, I think, so, like, up to this point, I've been just kind of, like, thinking to myself, <laughs> there's Wesley. We all hate Wesley, but it's fine. We're having fun with it. This is the time when I actually got mad. It's like, why the fuck is wesley here solving every fucking episode it's ridiculous problem. it's so I, funny i love I, wesley it's wesley i especially love he walks up with the line i don't know much about these brain scans but <laughs> <laughs> i was looking at this brain scan and it looks just like the signal i was getting from engineering and i think it's coming from the ferengi ship and they're like what we gotta go tell this to the captain and then uh crusher's like no we better tell it to Riker because something's weird with the captain and then they leave and Wesley's standing there alone, and he just goes, "You're welcome, ladies." <sighs> Adults. Yeah. And he's <laughs> the big smuggest face he can possibly make. <laughs> you just want to hit him so bad. You just want to backhand that kid. 
Why are you so oh. angry at Wesley? You're just jealous of how smart and cool he is. I am. Oh my god. He's just... Oh. That's probably one of the most uh, insufferable Wesley moments this in the entire series, I gotta say. I would say egregiously Wesley. <laughs> it's very egregiously Wesley. Don't worry, so he, he, he gets his next episode. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> they do take uh they take it to Riker. Uh, Riker asks the computer uh where Captain Picard is at that moment and they they find that he's in transporter room 3 and they're like, "Oh no." And then as they're talking, he beams off the Enterprise. "Oh no." And uh he's on the Stargazer bridge now. And now uh I believe at this point Picard is full on dementia grandpa. He does not know where he is. He thinks he's in World War II, commanding not, a ship. <laughs> he's not quite. Uh, first, we have uh, actually Bach there to to rub it in and gloat. God damn he's it. There with, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's there he's, with his big orb. He's, and he's there, like, he's, ah, I got you. He's on the ship like, with the yeah. sphere, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You've got the orb. Watch this. I'm well, going to orb you. This is where he reveals that the ship that Picard destroyed at Maxia was actually commanded by his only son. Uh, so right. Picard killed his only son, and that's the whole reason that he spent the last nine years and his entire fortune uh, trying to figure out a way to get revenge on Captain Picard. And that's where these uh, brain orbs came in. They, ca- they call them spheres a lot in the episode, but I can't stop calling them orbs because of the meme. You know what I mean? They are orbs. It's, he an, says it's an they, orb. They cost his entire life's profits to get these two orbs. Maybe Very he should. Maybe he also should have invested in a gun to just shoot Picard with as well, while oh, he was at it. That's mm. not revenge. You gotta. You gotta that's do pretty something. Revenge. Like, I don't know you, what you want out of revenge. Listen, have you seen this movie? Uh, it's called Old Boy. <laughs> True. <laughs> now there's some revenge. Oh my god, that movie. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the Stargazer powers up. Uh, Bach has, has rigged it so that the entire ship will operate to uh, Captain Picard's commands via voice. So he's there, like, hallucinating and totally delusional that he's in that battle again. We see the phantoms around him. He sees the fire. He feels the fire. He's coughing from the smoke. Uh, and he starts to maneuver the ship as though the Enterprise were the Ferengi vessel, which is no good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bach beams off through the shields, which are up. I don't understand how Ferengi transporters work. I don't think that should be possible. Ding, 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 ding. Um, <laughs> Bach leaves. Mm. Uh, and Riker's trying to to contact Picard from the uh, Enterprise, and he's not responding, obviously. Um, the Stargazer then just, like, flies past them and turns and faces them. Um, and Jordy's pon- pondering the orb. Wait, wait, I forgot to write down that they actually found the orb in his r- yeah. room. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that happened also. No, yeah, Worf went, he's like, oh, I brought that chest over. Hmm. It was that, really heavy. You know, gotta give it to Worf. This is the first thing he's done in the entire show. He's helping. He did it. <laughs> he's, he's always helping. What did he do before? Tell me that. He, he helped. He uh, was and... on the Stargazer, and he brought that sh- that chest over <laughs> to his guard's <laughs> quarters, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in um, the entire series, not even this episode. Oh, he remember he was pick, he was fighting two Ferengi guys at once, and he got beat up, dude. They beat him, but he <laughs> was doing it. He'll have Thank better you, days. Orf. Don't worry, Worf will have better days coming up in the, he, in the future. Oh, he will. Um, but yeah, they did find the orb in Captain McCards after he'd been off, beamed off the ship because uh, I think Jordy found a signal or something. And this is case where they they explain that. They actually think it's some kind of amplification device. Mm, I see. So I it's see. it's like an amplifier for the the device that Bach has. Uh, so 
it got stronger when when that orb was on on the Enterprise, but it was still working when it wasn't. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So that that's the explanation there. Um, but Jordy's pondering the orb now, and uh, that's when he says he thinks it's some kind of amplifier. Um, then Riker hails the Ferengi vessel to talk to Kazago again. Uh, and shows him the orb, and Kazago freaks out. He's like, where did you get that? That is highly illegal. Your captain has that kind of device. Oh. Um, yeah, it's forbidden. But he forbidden. says it's, it's, it's a forbidden device. It's a thought maker, is what they call it. Oh, my um, God. And they finally reach to Captain Picard on the Stargazer, and he's talking to them like they're the uh, Ferengi vessel nine years ago, which is, I like this scene because they, they show him on the bridge like he's across from the Enterprise, just yelling at him, like, you have to identify yourself or stop attacking us. And this what? is where Troy pipes in. And she's like, Picard, he's feeling angry. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you, Troy. Um, but her saying that, though, is enough to get the, the gears turning in Riker's head where he's just like, oh, crap, the Picard maneuver. And he's like, Data, what's the counter to that? And Data's like, there is no counter to that. And Riker's like, well, make one up. You're the yeah. robot here. We gotta, we gotta figure this out immediately because he's gonna be doing that on us. Um, you guys said that we saw it in the episode, though, right? I don't remember seeing it. Did it happen here? He did. He did a little zoom. Uh, okay. It was pretty quick. But so, yeah, like, he I, just I kind totally of did a, did like a warp at them. <laughs> but it was like it was not like in two places. It was just kind of stretched in between them, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when they're going at warp speed, kind of like the stars are stretchy. It was kind of like that. Oh, maybe the sensors just detected in two places then, and that's what it is. Maybe it visually doesn't look like that. Uh, I, I'm guessing. I don't know. I, I'm sure they didn't be. put that much thought into this. <laughs> so, so one thing I didn't get is that um, apparently a a captain can operate a ship almost by themselves, only needing like the voice prompts to mm-hmm. uh, do every single maneuver in the book. No, like I think that, that I think Bach rigged the ship up to do that. I don't think you normally can do that. But I got the impression sure? that, that it was seemed like part he was just kind of kinda doing plan. it like by himself. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think that Bach made it so that the computer would just respond because he says something before he leaves, like the ship will respond to your voice commands or something like that. I see. So I, I think I think he rigged it to do that. I think normally you need a ship's crew. <laughs> normally, yeah. and one thing I forgot to mention earlier too. I really noted when uh, when they walk onto the bridge of the stargazer again i really like how the helm is just labeled helm so you know what it is yeah in now, after crusher was here she would definitely know this is the helm this but also, is the helm you That's need a, a crew you need a crew because otherwise you wouldn't have much of a show it's the answer that, that's true um but, but that just made me think of an episode that comes in the future that i really like yeah um, i'm also thinking about that one it's a ways away though we can't talk about it um yeah. sad uh, okay, so let's see. Kazago hails them again and tells them that they're leaving because they're like, this is clearly a Federation incident now that you guys are fighting each other. Uh, but he does tell uh, Riker that Simon Bach has been uh, relieved of duty and confined to his quarters um, and he wishes Riker luck, which I think this is a nice scene because it actually does like this is the first indication there might actually be peace between these races at some right. point because the they're, first they're officer not, reach like... out. <laughs> they're, they're not they re- totally they comically evil at this point where they're saying yeah. okay even this is too far for us well yeah, he said well, he was confined because all of this shit was unprofitable and yeah and so. i like that too that that actually shows their value system that's like they do have honor and values it's just all capitalism yeah. right <laughs> yay oops all capitalism 
they make perfect sense if you just think of them as uh, total assholes. <laughs> so Data has come up with a potential counter to the maneuver, but they don't end up not needing it because Riker finally reaches Picard and is like, you must destroy the sphere. And Picard breaks through somehow from the mind spell to be like, sphere, phaser, must destroy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he's just like, uh, I guess I could do that. Yeah, he's like staring at the sphere like there is a sphere there. I should do something. What <laughs> should I do? Sphere. Laser, laser, laser. Because <laughs> that's a phaser and he destroys it. And he, he, he shoots it and he immediately falls back like five feet. Like what was in that orb? Hey, and he just uh, explodes. It's hard, hard to make something. thoughts. They, they shoot a rock in the next episode, and that explodes, Merc. So I think all all That's bets are fair. off in terms of that. You know how much energy it takes to make a thought? One million energy is how much. I mean, it probably does take a lot of energy. I mean, that's why they glow so much. They don't got LEDs in them. They just glow naturally. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, let's see. So he spots the sphere. Um... Oh, and there's also extremely ominous, threatening music. This entire scene is is really con- comical. I love it so much. Before he shoots the orb, he's like staring at it, and there's really ominous music playing as he stares at the orb. I don't know. It was all really good. It was a good. Right, was scene. in my. It was in my notes. Uh, but Riker <laughs> finally uh, gets through to Picard, and Picard wakes up like, "Where am I? Oh, wasn't Bog here?" Oh, and uh, beams back to the Enterprise, and they just continue towing the Stargazer. Yeah. We have to get the moral of the story. It's like Riker's like, well, I guess they left because there was no profit in this. And then Picard's like, in revenge, there never is. Roll yeah, I thought credits. about writing that. I thought about writing that down because it is a nice conclusion to the episode. But also, I think it's funny to just be like, nope, we're done now. Goodbye. The end. <laughs> I, Which is basically kinda, what happens. It's just kind of silly when they have to say, "Here's the moral of the story." We're telling you it. <laughs> That's how they end every episode, though. The show is for children. Yeah. You have to understand, especially the next episode when I, when I see what happens to Wesley. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, I didn't cue. Oh man. Um, but yeah, that that, that episode that, that was like, like I said, I thought the the Picard stuff was interesting, but um, the rest of the episode is like, it's not a lot going on. A lot of Picard laying down. I got oh, I got a headache. Oh, my head hurts. Um. Sphere, sphere, sphere. Gotta look out for the sphere. It was not too eventful, and it was it was interesting, but like McFree said, not not very exciting. No, it's not. And like I said, uh, I I think it's just a well produced episode, and it's more entertaining to watch than actually talk about. Because as I was trying to come up with words to talk about it, it's like, yeah, nothing's really happening. We got Wesley <laughs> yeah. being a real dipshit in that one scene, and uh, oh, it's he's being Wesley. <laughs> oh, poor it's, Wesley. It's the worth. It's an episode that was worth making. It was. I liked watching it. Thank you, Star Trek The Next Generation. Great episode. Need more Wesley. uh, Well, we got a little bit more Wesley in Hide and Q coming up. Don't even try to explain how Wesley gets involved (laughs) in the next episode. He just is there. Uh, All right. right, We're going to talk about that. I love this episode. Let's get into Uh, it. Right after the break. We're going to take a quick break, everybody. We'll be right back. See you after the back we're gonna talk about hide and cue which was season one episode 10 uh first aired on november 23rd 1987 was teleplayed by cj holland and gene roddenberry with a story by cj holland you got you, you know you know there's that gene roddenberry charm in there when they actually put his name on the teleplay <laughs> yo my boy gene killed it this episode i don't care what you guys say <laughs> uh, it was directed by cliff bull and the end of universe date is 415 
uh, 90.5, year 2364 still. And uh, this in this one, Q is returning to the Enterprise and he has an offer to Riker that he can't refuse. Dun, dun, dun. All right. I'm looking at the memory alpha page too, and I really just like Riker laughing on this green screen planet. <laughs> Sounds he does planet. a lot of Riker does a lot of very joyful faces. He's a fucking smug bastard in the the final bit of this episode. Oh, it's he's so such an asshole. He, he's got his chin in the air. He's got the arms folded. He's walking around saying, "Hey, John, Luke, I got a problem with you." It's so good. <laughs> this is, I think. This is kind of what the problem with this episode is, is because everyone, people are not acting like their own characters. They're just (laughs) doing what is required to have the moral of this episode happen. Tasha Tasha Yar gets one scene in this episode, and she does not act like Tasha Yar at all. She acts like somebody... It's so have they, good. Have they even really at this point revealed what Tasha Yar act like acts like? Because I feel like they haven't had any kind of consistency. She's just kind of a hard ass, I guess. Which she yeah. is not in this. She's a baby. She's a uh, wharf too. <laughs> Basically, I don't want to talk about the wharf scene also. yet. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, so all right. Let's get into this. In this episode, first, first few seconds of the show, they fucking write Troy out. <laughs> Troy out. Troy's not here in this episode. And my thinking is, like, uh, maybe it was because they didn't have her on just for this recording, because that happened in the first season for some episodes. But also, I'm wondering if they didn't write write her out on purpose, because the first time that they encountered Q, she sensed it. And maybe she just didn't need to be there to sense it this time. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not miss Troy at all this episode. I didn't either. I really (laughs) didn't. She does not have a lot to offer. She would have made a lot of sense to like have her react to this happening to Riker, though, too. And I feel like it was lazy of them to just be like, let's just not write her in. What also <laughs> I'm kind of missing between Troy and Riker. I, I, this is kind of un, unrelated. But like in the first episode, they they are implied to have this like history together, maybe lovers, but they definitely have like more than an intimate relationship. Even they have like an understanding, like they have like these special names for each other, like. Do we ever get an idea of what that's all about? Because that seems to oh, they were lovers. They they were pretty. I thought they were explicit about that. Okay, they were lovers, but it was like more than that because they had like these like different names for each other. Oh, she just that... calls him Imzadi, which I think is I mean, Betazoid for beloved. Yeah, I think. Oh, it's okay. I thought that was language. like a. I thought that was like a cult name or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, and I, they try to drop that too because it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we have no Troy. They are on their way to help uh, um, a colony, a, a mining operation colony that's had a terrible accident. Uh, mm. Glasses have exploded from the planet, and the, everybody's going to die if they don't get there. Mm-hmm. They're going to be there in three hours. And then guess who shows up? Is the giant Q force field? Oh my! Yay! Oh no! I, fucking, I popped off so hard. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> Q shield, we're doing it." I didn't read the episode. I didn't even see the title of the next episode. So this this just caught me completely off guard. I was like, oh my God, we're doing it. We're having a good oh, episode. That, that's the way to do it. Because the, the titles always give away Q. Like he's in all the episodes that he's in has Q in the title. So you know. Right. And it's, it's he's better as a surprise. And he, he shows absolutely up. is. He's, oh he just, boy. <laughs> Q showed oh, he up. Shows he's going to give you a wild episode. Yeah. What, right. do, what does he look like, well, Hayes, when he shows up? <laughs> He, uh, oh my God! How do you even? This? He is an he is a giant orb. We're back to orbs. Um, 
<laughs> giant sphere with three different giant cobra heads just poking out of it. They're these red and black cobras. <laughs> he's just standing out like this. It's, and it's he's no also, sense. I, he's I love very sparkly. How, <laughs> I love how weird and abstract this is. I don't know how they came up with it. It was the 80s. Probably cocaine con- contributed more than a little bit uh, towards this, but it's completely insane. Um, oh, God. And then, I like this. Uh, this, this Q should look like this more often. <laughs> so I agree. Q, Q says Q shows up in his orb uh, cobra form. He says he's very impressed with them after uh, Farpoint. He went he has much to discuss with them, and he's gonna make uh, he's gonna give them the realization of one of their most wildest impossible dreams. And then he says, "Okay, maybe I shouldn't be cobraing it up anymore. Let me give you a form you're more familiar with." And then we get our old buddy uh, Q in his silly face and he's in a decorated <laughs> Starfleet uh, Ad- yeah. Admiral's uniform. Is that what it is? That was very rude to John Delancey. He's calling <laughs> Sorry, John Delancey. Delancey. You have a goofy <laughs> face. You've got like, you got little like buck teeth. <laughs> he's... Oh, he doesn't have buck teeth. Come on. Come he's got on. like, he's got, he's got like this like big chompers on his like front teeth. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, <laughs> sometimes people it, it, have It's what lets him make the goofiest of faces. I love him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but... he's just as a Starfleet admiral this time, and they're like, "An admiral, Q, really? You know, Starfleet admiral." And uh, he points out, "Well, I'm not an Aldebaran serpent either, but you didn't question that." <laughs> I was like, "Fair, like, you got me." The uniform is the same as the dress uniform, except the piping is this big, like gold and maybe gems aligned thing. <laughs> it's very it- gaudy. Is it the same as the dress uniform? No, it's not as long, think, is it? I don't, it I don't think they showed. The, the, the shirt look. I think it was like the, the dress uniform shirt and just the regular uniform pants. I don't know if they showed the lower half or not, but it's the same um, design. It, it, it kind of has that pullover thing. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's got a folding side over. Folding side. Thing. Yeah. Uh Riker's just smirking at all these antics and He's Q incredibly says, amused, yeah. <laughs> he says, Oh, do you find this funny? And Riker says, Well I would, but we're trying to fucking like save people that are dying from a mining accident. And and, and Q just says, Ah, your species is always dying and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> and like when Q showed up, like Worf and Tasha, both of them just like vault over the barricade from the top <laughs> level to the bottom. The vault. <laughs> he gets so much air. It's crazy. I uh, miss he, the vault. He, he uh, and Worf is uh, right, at, right after uh, he admonishes Riker. Worf gets ready again to kind of like tackle uh, Q before Picard, like, you know, kind of calls him off. He's being very sneaky, too. And, uh, He's being McFree- super sneaky about it. <laughs> uh, uh, McFreeze, what, what, does, what does Q say to Worf? Q says, oh, Klingon, you're just a macro head with a micro brain. This is the greatest fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> Worf just like, he just growls like a cat at him. He's so pissed off. Um... So Picard's asking Q about what these impossible dreams he's talking about are, and it yes. gives him uh, Picard gives the viewers a nice summary of Fark Point, just <laughs> the entire summary of that episode. You showed up and you did this and this and oh then this, my. and then there was a commercial break, and then this. <laughs> I, I wrote that down too. Picard very angrily describes the first episode of the show because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I thought that I guess they, I guess they wanted to make sure people knew about it a little more. It was the pilot. Maybe you missed it. Yeah, it 
was reasonable, I think. It's a good idea. It's like, hey, we've encountered this cube before, and then all this happened, and this, and this, but it's very thorough. And, yeah, but the important thing is that Q is like, oh, boo-hoo, seized my vessel. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's so, so good. Oh, he's a good character. Uh, but he said, well, we, we proved to us at our point that you are not savages, so we came here to test you again or something like that. And Riker's like, we don't have time for these games. And games, Q says? Oh, what he, about a deadly game? He you, can't lights up. Give, you can't give Q ideas. The last time they <laughs> went up the court thing, and he's like, oh, you like courts, do you? This time you bring up a game, he's like, you like games, do he you? He loves games. You, you can't fair, give him like, anything to chew on. He just goes off on a tangent, on like a on a reality tangent. To be fair, he could take that anyway. He could take them into a game of Chinese checkers, but he does not. He's, he whisks away the entire bridge crew, except for Picard. Except Card left alone uh, to some weird planet on a soundstage uh, with a this green sky. This is the most soundstage. We're back to our part. favorite planet of green screen and a bunch <laughs> of rocks. <laughs> it's it's what they got. It, like, you know, I, I've seen like a little like, you know, I've seen some TOS clips here and there. This looks exactly like they were pulled onto like a TOS stage or something. It's as cheap yeah. as they can get. Yeah, a lot of the early planets are all very TOS soundstage, and this is this is one of them for sure. Um, but Data speculates that they could be uh, anywhere, and if this place even exists, knowing Hugh's power, because they really have no way of determining where the hell he has taken him. And then we get this scene, which I love so much. It's just Picard alone on the bridge, like, hello? Where'd everybody go? <laughs> he, he has no idea what to do with himself at all. <laughs> he's trying to contact engineering. He's trying to contact uh, sickbay. He's trying to contact anybody. He has no comms. Nothing works. The doors won't open. The ship doesn't respond. <laughs> he's trying to get lift to leave this place. No, you're locked up here, buddy. He's just like, what the hell do I do now? And just like wandering around. It's a really good scene out of context. Yes. Just the card wandering around the bridge. Uh, and in uh. context, too. It's just a good scene. Okay, so on the planet, they find Q dressed as a... I, I wrote down that he was a French admiral, and I was wrong about that. It's uh, actually a marshal, but he's dressed like a French marshal. He is Napoleon. Yo, this motherfucker looks like Napoleon. <laughs> he's dressed like Napoleon, and he's got a nice tent, a Napoleonic tent. Uh, and calls right over to his tent. Yeah, he's got a, a cannon and also a riding crop for some reason. He doesn't have he, a horse. The horse is uh, off screen. <laughs> um, he couldn't get a horse on this downstage, so he's off screen. It is cool. They actually use the old uh, French flag for this, which which I thought was a nice touch instead of just, you know, doing like the current day French flag. Q is nothing if not historically accurate. Exactly. Exactly. But he, he it, offers... it, 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 bring it up when it brings up, but it's so fucking funny why this happens, why it's a French, why it's a Napoleonic thing. He <sighs> brings it up in just one second. Yep. He offers first Riker a lemonade and Riker's like, oh, thank you. This is lovely. I was thinking about a lemonade. <laughs> Uh, what about my what about my crew though? And uh, he was like, "Well, I suppose," and gives them all a drink too. And just a drink appears in their hands. And I like Jordy's yeah. just immediately drinking his without a question. And Worf just like stares at him and pours it on the floor. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I, I like that. Data is just like, "Wait a minute, I don't drink." <laughs> yeah. yeah, he got some anyway. <laughs> everyone, I kind of wonder like, if it's some kind of oil or something in there. I figured everyone yeah. got their own different colored water. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. Like Worf had a red one and Data had the piss one. <laughs> um, uh, 
and and then and, uh um i believe uh q makes fun of war for you know oh you, you do not drink with thine enemy and then and q also says you know maybe this is why the, the klingons lost to the humans neener 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 <laughs> he's so mad Worf is so he mad is. about this too he's I so love... fucking pissed off Worf is so angry at q all the time and it's good uh, and this is also where q explains to us where the setting came from uh haste you want to tell us um oh my fucking listen you guys said that Picard was not all that much about the French he was this dude was apparently thinking about Napoleonic Wars so much <laughs> that he was able to yeah. dig it out of his brain and make it reality <sighs> he's just he's proud of his heritage he's, he he's loves his heritage French. also um we get a reversal of fortune here where you know how like somehow data doesn't know what anything ever is at all at any point in time despite being a computer uh-huh. Th- this time we get a, re- a reverse of that where well data's a computer so now of course he knows what everything is and he has to explain it to Riker who doesn't know what this is despite Riker apparently being an expert on history in earlier episodes is he an expert uh-huh. on history in earlier episodes he, he fucking, yeah. doesn't he describe the Fringy as like what was that again? Uh, oh, Yankee traders. Yankee yeah. traders. Remember? Yeah, well, he, he, that he likes American history, not. Yeah, I, he only, oh, he only you're, right, you're right. You're right. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, true. Who the fuck knows about Yankee traders? I'm still. Whatever. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> I, I know about it so well. I've already forgotten it. I, I really like that Q, uh, or that they did this with Data. That the reverse that it's good. Um, Data should know things. He's a freaking computer. <laughs> he should know everything at every instant. But um, Q also brings up, th- this is where we get the, the every sci-fi thing about humans, where humans are special because they're always adapting and they're always changing and they always are pushing forward. This is what he makes humans unique, which mm-hmm. to me is like the most boring thing you do with humans in sci-fi where, you know, you know they don't have anything special about them like looking wise so you have to make it so they're the most adaptive race but it's like every fucking race adapts we don't we, we know this it's, it's, this is dumb but <laughs> it's lazy and stupid but it's why we're here yeah that's why we're here yay uh, um, yeah i want to see a sci-fi where they do uh like humans are extra strong and everybody else is like made of glass you know what i mean like or, yeah, or humans are like really something stupid other than like really I can get it. you have to make humans interesting in sci-fi to some degree other than just being like the baseline race but like yeah i remember reading i read one time i know i've read about something like that but i have no idea what it was mm-hmm. but that is an idea that exists i'll mm-hmm. say that i'm sure it does i'm sure it's out there a lot like he was talking about the game. He wants to challenge them in a game. And he's like, oh, are you going to be a, a game of strength? Well, that would be silly. You're very weak. A game of intelligence? Ha. Huh. Uh, but he just challenges them ultimately to stay alive in his game. Um, and Worf says, well, that should be no problem if it's fair. And Q's like, ha, it will be completely unfair. He's so ecstatic <laughs> when he says this. <laughs> he's so excited yeah. to see how unfair his game is going to be. Uh, which Tasha doesn't really end up being much of a game, it- but. I don't know what he's talking about. It's I don't not know a what, game at all. What was the unfair part? I I don't know. I don't know. They, they get all the tools they need. Like it's very, very fair. Um, and so for some reason, uh, whenever Tasha says, "Wait a minute, that's not fair," this is what pushes the line over for Q. And Q says, "You get a penalty, and you get to be put like in the Tasha. penalty box." 
Yeah, he just doesn't like Tasha, I think. I guess but he, so. He makes it clear to everybody else, though, that there's uh, only room for one person in the penalty box. So if somebody else gets a penalty, she will be pushed into nothingness. No, 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 no. Which, okay. And so Tasha is teleported away. We don't know where she goes. We don't know where the penalty box is for like I, two minutes. <laughs> I got I to gotta make a quick aside, though. That uh, Thank you, Gene Roddenberry, for this. I, I have to credit this to him. That they take their one female character that they have in this episode and... um decide to use her as a freaking like maiden distressed maiden you know what i mean like that's their motive to to stay in the rules in this game and not piss q off is tasha will die if they don't that's all she gets to do it's so annoying because i think like in an earlier episode they're like this is tasha yar she's our security badass you know officer she's the one who kicks ass and takes names all she does is like be put like placed in peril over and over again as like the maiden that needs to be saved because there's this, uh-huh. there's Code of Honor. I think there's another one where she's like, well, it, put at in least in Code of Honor, she got stuff. She got to fight for herself, and this one, she is just literally nothing but a damsel in distress that gets whisked yeah. away to the penalty box. But we're back to the bridge, though, with Picard wandering around aimlessly. <laughs> he um, has no idea what to do with himself, and then Tashiar appears. Well, he tries to take a captain's log too, and the computer just like mimics him and back with a slower voice. <laughs> I can't even make a log entry. Damn it! But then Tasha's like, "I wish I could help you, sir, but I'm in a penalty box." Which there is. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna know. She, 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 she like starts like expositing about what's going on with the game, and she doesn't really explain how she knows about the penalty box because she's she'd been like teleported out by that point, but she just knows she just knows if someone else messes up then she'll be turned into nothingness and she breaks down in the tears she's like doing like she's doing like really weird acting at this point also i noted yeah where she's going like what am i doing crying it's it's very it's very Mm. if you ever tried to fake cry it's hard to do i've never (laughs) tried personally but i i think it's probably hard to do acting is probably a challenging thing it's basically impossible when you think about it so I don't think this is actually that out of character for her, though, character-wise, because they've really written her just to be, like, overly emotional. You know, she she gets really angry at the drop of a hat, but she's also had these scenes where she's very, like, the, the rape kings! Ah! She, yeah, luckily, she's just, she does like, not mention them in this episode, but she, I did. She, she has, like, two modes where she's either completely, like, hard-ass or she's, like, super vulnerable. Yeah, and now she's super vulnerable. Basically, Gene Roddenberry <laughs> wrote a Sundere. Yeah, she is pretty tundere. Uh, You're right. Oh, I'll, I'll I, allow it. I guess. <laughs> uh, but Picard um, immediately goes up and comforts her and is like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. And, and he tells her there's a new standing rule on the bridge. When one is in the penalty box, tears are permitted. Oh, and it was like, oh. so, that's so corny. I love yes. how corny that was. I thought that was cute. <laughs> she, she, I thought it was cute too. And so did Tasha. Cause she's like, if you weren't a captain, I, and it's like, what are you implying? Yeah, Tasha? she's going to fuck him. I guess if you were my captain, I'd fuck you right now. And then the Q shows up and he says, consorting with lower rank females, captain. Like, what are you fucking talking about? (laughs) (laughs) He's here Uh, to make sure no one fucks. That's his mission. He's apparently so disgusted by this. He immediately takes Tasha's penalty over. But he He doesn't because she's still on the ship afterwards. She's still in the the penalty box, question mark. He declares it's over. So you can assume that she's not going to be killed. I guess so. Um, I don't. You can still oh, and, kill anybody and, uh, at any time. Uh, let's be honest. Picard's uh, French heritage uh, flares up once once again. He's really mad about uh, Q being in the the, uh, the French clothing. Yeah, I can't remember. I didn't write down what Q says about that, but he's very like smug, yeah. like Haha, yeah, I'm I'm taking stuff from your history. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, you would be mad, right? You mad? Yeah, you so, mad. So 
so then Q explains the conceit of the episode where, you know, in, at the during Farpoint, he was testing Picard. But during this episode, he's testing Riker, who really interested him during Farpoint. And mm-hmm. so on, on those grounds, they decide to make a little wager. Picard makes a bet that Riker can resist whatever Q is trying to tempt him with. And of course, and of course, you know, Q is trying to say otherwise. And they bet that um, if Picard is right, I think Q gets the gets command of the Enterprise. Is that right? No, says, it was uh, if 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 Picard wins, Q will stop bothering humanity entirely. And if uh, Q wins, Picard will give up his commission. OK, OK, yeah. that's right. That's right. I think um, that's is basically that right? it. OK, yeah. Um, yeah, it's so like we, the. Yeah, that that was later. Okay, never mind. We Let's we go, go back to the planet, and Jordy is uh just like watching. I guess Worf is scouting, and he's the only one who can see. <laughs> so him Jordy cause... is doing a cool lean yeah. on a rock. He's just <laughs> checking out cool Worf, lo- looking at a French encampment. He's looking at his magic eyes, though, and he can watch Worf scout up ahead. We see Worf scouting, which I love, because he's just, like, stealth running through these rocks. Like, ah. Yeah, he's crouching, so it's stealthy. He's playing Assassin's Creed. (laughs) He's really owning. But he approaches this this Napoleonic camp of soldiers and finds that they all have pig faces. I wrote down Klingons at first. I thought they were just supposed to be Klingons. (laughs) No, because Klingons never have such good hair as these guys. Damn. Damn. Um, he then on. runs back to report on what he saw. Uh, then Picard is talking to Q on the, in the ready room, and Picard's like, "Why do you play these games with us? Why don't you just talk to us like we're adults?" And he's like, "Because you're not adults, idiot!" <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, starts yeah. quoting Shakespeare at him. I, I wrote I, I, this scene is a lot longer than what I had written down, but I just said Q quotes a bunch of Shakespeare bullshit, and then Picard recites a bunch of Hamlet bullshit. Q gets mad and throws a book at Picard. Scene ends. That's literally what I wrote down too, but I thought happens. it was it's very <laughs> funny because the the scene that um that Picard is quoting to him from Hamlet is about uh which first of all, Picard says what he said in uh irony, I say in total genuineness, which is really stupid on Picard's part, in my opinion, because Shakespeare's point in this whole monologue of Hamlet's is that humans suck actually. And Picard's like, no, he's honest. These people, uh humanity rules. That's what the whole point of that monologue is. And it pisses Q off so much. Yeah, he throws he he has this giant uh, Shakespeare encyclopedia, and he just throws it at Picard, and he stomps off in a tantrum. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. To be fair, it that is pretty dumb of Picard to take a scene that's written in jest and then taking it seriously and trying to throw that at somebody. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's 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 uh, a little characteristically un- uh, uncharacteristically stupid of Picard. I feel like to take yeah. a reading that way. <laughs> but uh he does he really leaves in humanity and that really makes q mad so we're back on the planet uh the soldiers have formed a skirmishing line is uh who says it's jordy i believe it's called the skirmishing line yeah. sir jordy is um, an expert in 18th century combat i guess uh and they are going to war with the pigmen but it looks like they just have muskets and they're like well that's nothing i mean we can take them easily if they just have muskets we got these phaser things it didn't make any sense to me they're talking about like oh it's just gunpowder propelling little musket balls those can't it'll end you are you kidding me yeah i was thinking that too like there's still a lot of them and they all have guns they could still shoot you 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 realize you're not invincible (laughs) yeah really I, I guess, uh, you know, obviously muskets have famously, like, poor accuracy, so I, I, I guess it's not that that scary in that context, but it's like, you don't want to fuck around with that uh, if you don't have to. 
Yeah, um, and they're just, they're saying like, well, Q wouldn't have made it this easy for us, and uh, this is when uh, Riker tests his phaser to see if it's actually working and explodes the rock, and then Worf explodes out of nowhere, like, oh, put down your weapon. <laughs> <Nothing. laughs> <laughs> and I think like Jordy even gives him shit about it. He's like, hey, good job, Worf, always on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> see, I thought Jordy was being honest about that and saying like, wow, you just came out of nowhere, good job, Worf. <laughs> <laughs> You're really impressed by Worf jumping like, out. You know, you know, Worf, I gotta say. You are the fastest and the strongest. He is. <laughs> he does his best. Oh. And then uh, the, the pigmen cometh. Oh, but um, <laughs> the pigmen have the, been the, the pigmen approach, the uh, and they and then they realize that. Uh, uh, sorry, they, you know they're weird dogmen. They're attacking them, and then Riker turns around the data and, and asks, like Data, like, uh, what, "What do you think we should do?" And Merck, what happens? Well, you're jumping ahead, Ace. First of all, we've realized that their their muskets actually shoot lasers, which oh, is that, an important that, no, detail. That no, this is this is now. I'm sorry. Excuse me. The muskets. Oh no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. I sorry, can't. Sorry. Bl- I wrote. I write <gasps> accurate notes. Excuse I me. Didn't read my notes. Okay, I just was going <laughs> off my faulty memory. But yes, this is what <laughs> Riker turns to Data and asks him what they should do, and Data turns to look at him, and he's cute. Oh my God, John Delaney. He's in I, full I, makeup, and the, he's got John the contacts in. The in. It's, he looks. Is there podcast art? Because this should be the podcast art of the episode is John Delaney as Q. It is amazing. He's so he's so goofy looking. John Delancey is the guy's name. Delancey, I'm sorry. And he's he's got a forehead that you could land a plane on. He looks awesome. Wow. <laughs> be nice. He's so mean to John Delancey. He's not a goofy looking man. Look, he's, he's losing his hair a little, but it's fine. <laughs> He looks cool as Data, though. I really like this a lot. It's a very good look. And Data's just, or Data, he was just like, well, better run. Things are moving fast. Okay, and then they shoot the muskets and their lasers. Sorry, yeah, I got like ahead the, of uh, The photon torpedoes, kind of, I think. Um, yeah. And uh... Uh, Q says, well, Riker, there's only one way to save all your friends. You've got to send them back to the ship. Riker's like, you'll allow me to be in them? No, no. Oh, no, no. I gave you all of my powers. You can do it just like me. And Riker's like, well, okay. And he does it. He beams everyone away. And they're all gone. Yeah, I like the way he just uh, raises his hand up like, whoosh. Like, he doesn't have to do that. He just does it. So Riker now has apparently the power of Q which is how how he describes it and it's like oh my god they've riker is a god now yeah it is it is god powers they have given riker god powers for some riker reason is always a god to be fair <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> but in space uh, um the force field has finally disappeared uh tasha is sitting alone on the bridge and then the ship just whirs to life and picard comes in and orders her to take Khan, and she's like, oh, it looks like uh, we never um, changed our course or speed. And also Picard has contacted engineering, and they're like, nothing ever happened to the ship, sir. Are you crazy? And they realize that uh, Q has stopped time. Which Q has done before. They shouldn't be too surprised by this. No, and it's good that Like, did, like with honestly. the whole courtroom scene, like, he, like fucking o- uh, O'Brien did not notice whenever they got teleported away and then sent back. So, of course... Of course, no one's going to notice this shit happening all over again. Yeah, and it's actually kind of thoughtful of Q to do this because he could just screw all those settlers, but he didn't. Hmm. Um, but they uh, then Jordy, Worf, and 
data appear on the bridge and tell them that they were attacked by animal things. And uh, McFreeze, uh, what is what happens when Picard asks what the animal things were like? Uh, I don't know. Okay, I wrote it down. Uh, <laughs> um, Jordy's like, well, Data can probably describe it better than I can. And Data just looks at Captain Picard and says, you may find it aesthetically displeasing, sir. I can just file a computer report on that. <laughs> I, I, I forgot about that. That's it's good. really good. And Picard's like, Data! But, but then um, they just proceed with the rescue mission. <laughs> Picard's like, we gotta go. Yeah. I don't know. They, um, explained Picard- it, they explained that Riker has Q powers. and uh, Well, they're they're not ready to continue on the mission yet because they're still missing Riker and they're like wondering where's Riker? What's Riker doing? And I'll tell you what Riker is doing. He's having a great big laugh back on the planet all by himself. <laughs> He's having a big giggle. And Q, Q asks Riker, "What are you laughing at?" And Riker says, "He's laughing at a, at a joke." And the joke is you, Q. Got him. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, Q Q is trying to tell Riker, like. Listen, you have the power of Q now. You can do whatever you want. Um, you, you can like you can you are effectively a, a god in the eyes of others. Um, and I, I just have here. I think I didn't finish this. No, Riker asks like, oh, uh, Riker asks what uh, what Q wants, and Q says that you know he's really interested in Riker. You think Riker is able to kind of allow uh, the you know the continuum, the the greater body of Q, he's able to use Riker as a basis point, as like the uh, the ever adaptability, the ever changing nature. Uh, as it, sorry, Q figures that Riker would be a good example of of humans and how they're always able to change and persevere and continue. And so yeah, he that, wants Q to kind of join to join that like continuum of Q. The cut of it is that the Q continuum is concerned that humanity is actually going to pass them in power in eons in the future because of how mm-hmm. fast they adapt. And so they want to get on the ground floor of that basically and understand humans better. And so Riker is who they have offered to join part of their continuum. Mm-hmm. And Riker says, become part of you. I don't even like you. She was like, well, you'll miss me. And he vanishes and suddenly the entire bridge crew, including like Dr. Crusher and Wesley, are now on the planet as well. Nobody has any favors, and the pigmen are swarming. I feel like you don't emphasize enough. Suddenly, Wesley is here. Wesley's here. <laughs> He's well, not even involved in this episode at all. He was—he literally says, "I was in school, and suddenly I'm here." <laughs> we needed Wesley. Did, it was very how did he important. Get written into this. <laughs> you gotta have Wesley, and you know did, why he got written into this. Did they like <laughs> film half this episode, and they realized they forgot to write Wesley in? They're just like, "Fuck it." <laughs> <laughs> it's important to have Wesley there. The well, important yeah. thing for this specific upcoming scene, it's very important. There's a very here. important scene here because there's a pig man and he's blowing on a trumpet. <laughs> I missed. Oh, I forgot about the trumpet. He, he, he's miss. calling all the soldiers out. They're all they're all like starting to charge the they're Enterprise the, crew. They're doing the drums and everything, including the drummer boy dog. There's a drummer boy dog man. I think you call these pigmen dogmen. They clearly I think I'm call, pretty sure there's two drummer boy pigmen. Are they pigmen? They looked more I'm like dogmen. I'm pretty sure. Than me. Uh, they're, they're, they're not they make really. A lot of winking sounds. They're, they're not just, very specific. But mm. I they keep calling them animal things. But I always just thought they were pigmen because they do oink a lot. Um, so the uh, the French oink. Uh, sorry, the the French <laughs> pig soldiers. <laughs> um, they're not like really rushing them that hard or moving that fast, um, or even especially like firing on them. 
but uh Worf decides okay it's time to do this and he starts attacking every single one of them all at once for some no, reason no 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 you're not describing this correctly <laughs> Worf just fucking runs at these guys and starts karate chopping them is <laughs> how he's decided to handle this situation to be fair he takes down two of them so he's he he's working on it but then a third one sticks his bayonet directly into Worf's gut yeah. <laughs> he's like oh i've been hoisted on my own petard why did <laughs> yeah, i he, do this he Who's, got a rifle th- to the face and then he got a bayonet in the deck freaking wesley runs over he's got no <laughs> sense of self-preservation at all he, oh, he has no, no idea what's happening <laughs> he just runs over and then immediately gets stabbed in the back all the way through his chest he, no, he, he doesn't just run over he runs over and like kneels next to Worf, and he's like come on Worf, buddy get up even though Worf just like got stabbed and then one of the pig men are just like okay <laughs> <laughs> Stabs in the back, and you get like a, a real shot of like Wesley getting stabbed. You get like the bloody bayonet through his abdomen and everything. It's very, very graphic, yes. And this is what pisses Riker off, and he's like, That's enough. And he uh, shouts and raises his arm really dramatically in the air, and suddenly a Q force field appears to stop the soldiers, which I guess that's just part of the Q powers, is just this normal force field. Yeah. This grid pattern. And um, Picard's like, oh, You did that. You've got Q powers. He's kind of uh, offended by this. He's really offended by that. (laughs) And Riker says, that's not all. And suddenly everybody's back on the Enterprise Bridge, unwounded. He's saved the day. Not not just unwounded. You get get Riker posing afterwards. He's he's, he's doing like a border. He's basically doing a Q pose where he's like standing up very straight. He's got his chin in the air and he's got his arms folded. He's so smug. He looks so smug. I have a question, though. Does Wesley even like Worf? Where did this come from? They even Wesley hate- likes everybody. Wesley is a, fan, a friend to all. Wesley is uh, everybody's best friend on the Enterprise. I guess that's true. I don't know. He's just a stupid kid. And I was like, oh, no, that guy's <laughs> seriously injured. I'm going to run over and get injured myself. It's um, so funny. <laughs> we get a commercial, a commercial break in the show, and then we come back, and Picard's doing a log entry saying, like, I don't know how to advise Riker on this. And then they're talking in the ready room, and Picard's like, I don't know how to advise you on this. <laughs> it's <laughs> really true. Well, it's true. Like, I, 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 like hmm, one of my men just became a god. How do I address this exactly? It's not, <laughs> it's not in the officer's manual. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Micah's just like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do here. And uh, Picard tells him, which I think this is really stupid, but whatever. Picard tells him, hey, if you refuse this offer to not join the continuum, you have to not use these powers, too. And Riker's like, yeah, that's no problem. I'm same guy. I mean, I'm not going to just use these powers. <laughs> I just... I, so I actually agree with Picard here, because I think that like the more you use God powers, the more you're going to be like, damn, this is kind of nice. Like you, It would be harder to give them up whenever you realize like kind of what you have. Well, why, why would you not use them? them? He could just use them for good purposes. I think he should keep them. He doesn't want to use his sexy god powers. It'd be it's, it's too hard. I, I get it. Well, I, he I demonstrates with, later. He demonstrates later in the episode that he absolutely should not have god powers because he is an idiot. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> that entire scene is the best scene in the entire show so far. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> But they finally reach the colony and uh, Data calls them. And, and so they're ready to send down a rescue party. And they arrive with a Riker Crusher, Data Jordy, and two no-named people. And uh, everything's like destroyed. There's rubble everywhere. They force a door open and there's just like a handful of really injured people. Like they look like shit, man. These people have been through a lot. But I guess uh, there was they said earlier in the episode there's like 504 colonists on this mining settlement. And uh, now there's like eight of them. There's not many. 
Yeah, yeah they've know. they've had a bad time of it with their exploding methane gases. Uh, and um, they get they get readings that or they see somebody underneath a pile of rocks, and so Data comes over and he just starts chucking the rocks. Off I have of that written down too. Data just starts chucking rocks. I have written the word chucking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they find a small girl who's really badly wounded, and Data picks her up, and Picard uh, uh, Crusher comes over and scans her, and it's like, nope, she's dead. Sorry. Yeah. We didn't and, make it. And then Data fucking guilt trips the shit out of Riker. Saying, <gasps> what? Why you know what I mean? This? Yes, this is so weird. Like, data, but Riker, you have got powers. You could just make her alive again, right? He's Which a robot. Like, he doesn't have up. morals. <laughs> he doesn't have empathy. Like he, he, who? First of all, we don't know if Riker can like make someone alive again. We we, we, we don't know if Worf died in that instant instance. But like. That's like so much to put on somebody. It's just like, it oh, is. just bring them back to life. That's such a moral question. You can't approach me with this out of nowhere, Dana. <laughs> and Dr. Crusher, too, is just like, like, oh, he can't do that. Or can he? Can you do that? Maybe you <laughs> should do that. I don't know. But they don't. They don't, they don't bring they the don't. child back to In life. And Riker's really says, upset about it. I made a promise that I cannot do that. Is <laughs> apparently the most ironclad thing uh known to man is his promise a promise yeah. a promise to a superior officer is the most uh ironclad promise of, of all when you think about it um but he's not happy about it though because he comes back no, on he's the ship. really upset he's <laughs> the fucking look he gives to picard is they all lock onto the bridge from the turbo lift and Riker comes last and he just like leans over and stares at picard like this is all your fault buddy i could have brought that kid back to life <sighs> And, and you you definitely see uh yeah you know he's really chewing out picard or he, he and picard are having a, like a back and forth about like you know maybe i shouldn't have these powers maybe i'm going to give them up but i can still use them while i have them and uh picard is basically just saying like no 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 you shouldn't use them at all you'll grow too invested in them and Riker at this point like his demeanor is changing he's becoming a lot more proud you can tell um very he's becoming very pompous he's his the mm-hmm. cuteness is rubbing off on him yeah, he demands a meeting with Picard and uh, his bridge staff, which he specifically describes as not the bridge staff, not our bridge staff, but your bridge staff yes, at, the yes. er- at the earliest convenience and then leaves on the turbo lift. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so everyone gets gathered uh, in the on the bridge. And I, I think uh, Picard even tries to get everyone, get everyone into the ready room. But, but uh, Riker is just like, no, no matter. Everyone is here that needs to be. Um, and uh, I think he calls Picard John Luke for the first time at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this and the this look is, on Picard's face. Oh my god. He's so offended. This is the part in the original Japanese where he was not using the proper honorifics. <gasps> oh my god. He didn't even no. use an honorific. Uh the, the there's a very big power struggle in this scene too, which ends with uh with Riker calling him John Luke and the, the look of disgust that he gives, like, oh, oh I can't <laughs> believe he did that. And then Crusher and Wesley also show up too, because they they've also been called to the meeting, I guess, except for Wesley, because Riker's like, Wesley, this meeting is not for you. Wesley's like, but I'm on the bridge crew. <laughs> and Riker's like, Oh yeah, okay, you can stay. <laughs> and and, and, and Riker <laughs> is basically just given a PSA about like, listen, I know I may have come into the power of omnipotent godlike powers but i'm the same riper you know and love everything's everything's gravy don't worry about it <laughs> everyone looks insanely uncomfortable when he says this <laughs> yeah. he's like why do I you all still him. look uncomfortable i'm still me um, and uh and- is like very gently hinting to him that 
power may have already changed you a little bit, buddy. Because <laughs> doesn't imply it. He just says, you know, Riker, power corrupts. <laughs> it's just not subtle. <laughs> just saying, yo, you're fucked up now. Yeah. Um, well, I like and, and, and it's... you notice that there, like, we're we're now on a first name basis, Will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought that was a more subtle way of saying, like, this is changing you already, and you don't yeah. notice it. I mean, I would trust Riker with these powers if he hadn't completely changed into a different character within the last 10 minutes. So, <laughs> Yeah, he really uh, just, it, it did go to his head immediately. R- Riker suggests that um, him using his powers to save that little girl would have been no different than him using the powers to save the crew off that planet. And which I think Picard rebuts this by saying, well, you were defending us against the powers of Q, so that's very different. Which, Which I think right. is a bit like kind of, eh, but whatever. I mean, uh, he's right though, because that, that is different. Like that's a different rule. They're they're put in a position where they're like in a magical situation. You use magical powers to defend yourself, but sometimes shit just happens and and gases explode and little girls die, and you can't just go around saving everybody's life. Eventually, they get into the just a back and forth argument about Q, about like you know what 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 are his actual motivations? Does he actually admire humans, or is he just trying to? fuck with the crew and with yeah. Riker. Um, Tasha says, you know, these cues, these they think of us like animals that are performing for their amusement. And then Riker is just beaming as hard as he can. He's like, uh, actually, Q said he likes me and I'm his <laughs> <laughs> He said he's my best friend. <laughs> um, and, and, and so Q decides to come in and straighten things out and, oh my god, what is he wearing? He's just like <laughs> like a 15th century monk for some reason i don't got, know what this bit is but he's just dressed in monk robes and he's yeah. got a little cross and he's got he's a got hood a over cross? his head listen there was a good deal down at the spirit halloween and <laughs> he had to use it somewhere she says well, he's here actually... in search of the truth of uh, cards like chewing him out and <laughs> Q just holds up this cross and says i forgive your blasphemy well, Picard actually calls him out of right away about this costumes thing, too. He's like, what is with all the costumes, Q? Why do you do this? <laughs> and Picard, Picard looks at uh, Q and he look, laughs and he looks at Riker and he says, can't you see? He's just a flim flam, man. Uh, like, uh, and of course, this time Worf gets to say flim flam. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get uh, responded to at all. It's just Worf in the background. Flim flam. I don't know what that means. Uh, Riker then asks Picard if you know he's just trying to. He, 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 he says, "I'm just trying to give happiness to everyone, including you. And you, if you just allow me to give happiness to the crew, you would see the the good intentions I have." And uh, Picard says, "Well, you, you know what? Uh, I authorize you to give happiness to the crew. You you may do as you wish." And so Crusher, I think at this point, tries to just get the fuck out of Dodge, grabs Wesley and says, all right, we're getting out of here. This is getting too crazy for us. And the Riker stops and says, no, no, Wesley, we're like good friends, which is not true at all. We fucking Riker hates Wesley. I They're like. the best of friends, actually. No. I think you'll find. They've had many long talks, Riker says. In yeah, this <laughs> it's all happened off camera, but it was definitely <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, he likes he likes Wesley by the ends of episodes, but at the start, he fucking hates Wesley. <laughs> actually, you know, what? he might like Wesley at this point because we're at the end. <laughs> Damn. Um. So. He says, Wesley, I know you've always wanted. I'm going to give you your your gift that you've always longed for. (laughs) (laughs) And he turns him 10 years older and makes him a different guy who's twice as big. Oh, my God. (laughs) He turns him into like a male model. 
Oh, he's so fucking jacked. He's fucking first jacked, of all, he still, holds, like, he still has the rainbow inside. Uh, yeah. Yes, but most importantly, my God, look at this man's chin and his jaw is chiseled out of stone. But he's still like I. I don't think it's the Wesley voice, a voice actor I talking. It, I, I, no, I still think it's that. Is it him still? I think it yeah. is him, I and they they may have pitched him down a little bit, but I think it's still him. I was gonna say it, it just sounded like a like a grown man doing like a like a kid voice or something, but I guess it was just him with his voice pitched down. But it makes him it makes it so much funnier because this fucking like kid like voice coming out of this like professional model next to Crusher. <laughs> I, I don't mean any offense to Will Wheaton because I think Will Wheaton's a perfectly attractive man, but uh, this was the most optimistic casting I have ever seen. <laughs> Oh, why did you kill Will Wheaton like that? Oh, I'm sorry. He doesn't look like that at all. I mean, maybe if he spent uh, 10 hours of the day in the gym, but he doesn't. <laughs> I think he uh, even were... does th- this dude, even like you, you can tell, like, this is, his, you know, this is his big moment. He even does like the signature Will Wheaton Wesley, like smile with like the slow grin. It's <laughs> so good. Oh, my fucking God. Um oh. But he they seems pretty happy. Data, Data, I think, is offered something, but he gives a whole spiel about how, like, what does he even say? He just says, no, this like, is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start over and do this whole because this deserves more respect. Is that Riker turns to Data and Data immediately looks at him and points his finger and says, "No, no, sir," because he knows what Riker's gonna offer him. He wants to make him human because mm-hmm. that's the thing that Data wants more than anything. Right. The right. first time they met, that was like, oh, I wish I could be a human. You know, I would love to be a human. But Data's spiel is that. uh he doesn't want to compound an illusion with an illusion because he's already a facsimile of a human. He doesn't want to like become a human based off of that facsimile. No matter how real it would seem to everybody else, he would know it was a lie. So he doesn't want that. And that's very grown up of him, I think. Yeah, Wesley's a fucking dweeb. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, no, sorry. Um, uh, and so Riker is like, all right, you're dead weight. You're not, I'm not going to get anything cool out of you. You're not going to become a real boy, Pinocchio. Um... Who's on the Jordy, and then what he does the Jordy is also pretty fucked up. <laughs> oh wait, hold on, we missed something. Where once Wesley becomes big, Jordy looks at him and he says, "Hey, Wes, not bad." <laughs> <laughs> Jordy's very impressed. He's very big. He's a big guy now. He's a big guy. Honestly, now. if someone if someone with godlike powers could just give me a perfect physique, I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's he, wrong he, with that? Riker, Riker walks up to Jordy. He says, "Jordy, I know what you want." And he fucking, without waiting a moment to see if Jordy says yes or no, he waves his hand in front of Jordy, takes off his visor, and Jordy can see he doesn't have the cloudy eyes anymore. He is uh, just perfect, Lavar Burton. My God, this is honestly he was... probably the first time and only time, or not the first time. Obviously, so that's obvious. The first time. This is probably the only time we see in the entire show just Lavar Burton's face. It right. was Lavar Burton the whole time. Oh my God. <laughs> It was honestly like kind of crazy to see because like, you don't picture him like that at all. It is weird. Like it's kind of off. Because he's got the suit on and everything else. He's got like everything is just right, but you just see his eyes, and it's just like this he's is, got eyes. It's, un- it's like uncanny almost. He does have we pretty do- big eyes. We do get a nice scene where he gets to like look out the viewport at space and actually see it as normal people see it, and he yeah. looks around the room at everybody, and he stops at Tasha, and it's like you're just as beautiful as I imagined, and more. Which is a little no. creepy, dude. A little, a little creepy. <laughs> well, I mean, like he. Don't this is someone who's it. never been able to see before, and he's just, you know, if he's interested in Tasha, he's just he's like able to kind of compliment her for her looks for the first time. 
Yeah, um, he's maybe a little too strong. I don't know. <laughs> this, is, this is his only moment he gets to see Merc <laughs> because he sits back down somberly. And he's like, all right, this is wonderful, but it's not worth the price. I'd rather uh, I would rather not be able to see than to give up myself in that way. Puts the visor back on and asks Riker to take his uh, side away again. This is stupid. He <laughs> should have been allowed to see. Well, the, the, maybe the, he just didn't want Riker to leave. And that was the real he, reason. Well, he didn't, he didn't want, want Michael to leave, and he said, and he said he didn't want to. Uh, he didn't like how he who he'd have to thank for it, and looked at Q. It was Riker. He would have to thank Riker. Not oh, he, Q. he knows it's coming from Q, though. You know what I mean? Like it's Riker's doing it, but it's Q's powers. And now we get. The oh my oh, god! Yes. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Riker's the... like Worf. I know what you oh, want. Yeah. <laughs> you are very lonely and need a connection to your people. And he just makes him like a Klingon girlfriend, it's like kneeling in front oh, of him right god. away. This okay? Now we have talked about things being weird and out of character in this episode. This is the most Riker thing he could have possibly done. <laughs> He just, to get a, he just creates yeah. a Klingon babe for him. <laughs> oh, so and he's just dressed he, in like, like a fishnet like shirt. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. And like the first thing apparently Klingon women are like literal feral animals because she doesn't speak at all. She just growls and grunts, tries to fucking kill Tasha the second he sees she sees her. And then continuously tries to attack uh and kill Worf like while on all fours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this, this, and this, then. This, I've read down so he's basically <laughs> an animal. I forget who who screams this. I think it's Picard. He, he screams, uh, Worf, is this your idea of sex? No, it's Worf Jordy. The top of his voice, this is sex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad I got to get a screenshot of Worf saying, this is sex. This is sex. And also, I have no place for it in my life now. <laughs> Worf is yeah, the most he's, volcel motherfucker. himself. You didn't, you didn't mention the part, too, where after he attacks, or after she attacks Tasha, he, like, backhands her and throws her across fucking, the room yeah, violently. He fucking sends her, like, ten feet away with the back of his... It's crazy. Oh, and we get a subtitle here that says seductive growl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but, you know. It was not seductive, uh, but, you know. And then, it was maybe uh, you're a Klingon. It, feels that way after after uh after war fucking assaults this lady then adult (laughs) slowly goes up to to riker and has to say this is too soon for me now i don't want to be an adult man anymore (laughs) (laughs) riker at this point just turns to picard and it's like how did you know everyone was going to reject these gifts (laughs) and he feels like such an idiot and picard's like quite right as you should should. (laughs) fucking moron dude Oh, and then, and then you should have uh, given them better gifts, and then they would have liked them. <laughs> like exactly. that PlayStation, they would have liked Just that. Give them some flowers and chocolate; they would have appreciated that. So Picard confronts Q. Picard says, "All right, he's everyone's. You know, we, we've all given in to your temptation. Even Riker, um, you, we, we've won the wage, won the wager." And Q says, "No, no, you haven't. What wager? I don't know what you're talking about." Picard's like, no, well, there's some version of Q out there that knows what I'm talking about. And they they know I've won. Like a it's like buzzing like starts to appear. It's like ringing throughout the ship. It's like getting louder and louder and louder. And Picard is basically just yelling at him, saying, "You have to, you have to respect the 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 wager. You have to respect the wager." And he gets like sent out of time. Uh, Q gets sent out of, like time and space. He's teleported away, and the rest of the ship people like I didn't really get this. 
people are like that were already on the bridge get teleported back onto other parts of the bridge. Yeah, I don't understand why that happened, but I guess it's just like showing that everything's back to normal. Everything's uh, back to normal. I think it's because they say that like you, you know they've been beamed back to the point where they just did their rescue mission. It still doesn't really make sense why they had to like teleport no. them five feet away. <laughs> um, but it does um, set up the nice line where where Data is like turns to Picard and says. How are the Q so good at handling time and space, yet so badly at handling us? And Picard <laughs> just like, that's just how it is, man. That's the human equation. Yeah. Maybe one day we will find that humanity is more complex. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <laughs> that's the moral of the story. The important thing is that uh, John Delancey did a very nice, no, I can do one more thing. No. All, all of his away. acting in this scene is perfect too, because uh, we didn't mention that Picard walks over him and like pulls the hood off of his head, and he like f- flips out and runs up the ramp, and is like, "No, <laughs> I'm get sorry, away from me. yes, yes." <laughs> and his his acting is so good. I love hey, it. Hey, he paid good money for that hood. <sighs> back, back away, blasphemers. Um, but yeah, how, that, that how can you guys? Thank you. How can you guys hate this episode? This was it's a so journey. Un- I love this episode so much. It's so uncharacteristic of the characters, and it's very silly. Like, there's a lot of really good Q episodes coming up in the series, and I think that's that's more just having the context of seeing those Q episodes and going mm. back to this one. This one isn't a bad episode when you first watch it, but it gets Q is so much more than the silly pig Frenchman and uh, Klingon babes. Oh my god. It's a it's, silly. It was. It's it so is very fun. entertaining. I guess, I guess we should mention that the the Klingon babe gets teleported out as everything else gets corrected in the room. Yeah. I, I forget. Was was Picard like saying anything else to the Q as like he was like screaming at him to just like leave this place? Yeah, he was saying that the other Q are probably not going to be happy that you offered this to Riker and he turned you down. Right, 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 right. Which I, I guess I didn't realize that like until like you know they're kind of bringing it up at the end there that the the cue that offered the deal with Picard was not the same cue that was like making the offer to Riker, or was well, it? No, it was. It yeah. Well, because but well, well, Picard definitely says that like you, you know even if you didn't make the wager with me, another cue did or something like that. No, I don't think he says that. Well, he says even if way. you're not going to honor the wager, I'm sure that the other cue are going to hold you to it or something like that. Hmm. But it is but, just the one cue that they deal with. I see. I see. Do we, do we meet other yeah. cues? Uh, eventually. Oh, I'm so excited. I yeah, love Q. He, he did say um, when they were on the planet that like the the other cues were also taking an interest in humans and in Riker. So mm-hmm. it was not just a solo mission for the, our favorite cue. I, I guess yeah, I wasn't which is sure. Why- I, I wasn't sure if all cues look the same or if they have like different appearances. They do have different appearances when they when they choose to be human, yeah. So if you see John Delancey, you know that's the cue, and that's pretty much for the most part that's the only cue we ever see or deal with. So that's mm-hmm. the cue. Sure. The the cue. Yeah, there's. I think Voyager has a couple of other cues that show up, but in this show, it's mostly this guy. I'm glad because he's oh, he's so great. He's so 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 great. He's easily the best part of this like first season so far. He's so good. Um, he's really I, good. I assume this is the last episode of him this season. Yeah, unfortunately, I think so. We we get a couple of Q episodes in season two, I believe, or at least one one for sure. Uh, the one that's coming in season two, fucking amazing, by the way. Uh, but that is a ways away still. 
Yeah. But, but I don't think we get Q again this season, unfortunately. But there's still some good stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, don't remember, week, but yeah. <laughs> next week, we're going to be talking about Haven, which is the first episode in which Deanna Troy's mother, Loxana, shows up. Um, oh, my God. A Troy episode. It, it's actually, it's, it's a decent episode. I don't know. I okay, like it. Right. We'll see. Oh, I'll, I'll say it again. I, I did like... not miss Troy this episode. At, like, I, I, I did not notice her not being here at all. <laughs> I've noticed that he's, uh, you and I have like opposite opinions on a lot of these episodes. So if I like an episode, I'm worried like, oh, he's just going to hate this episode. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what you think of Haven. And then after that is uh, the big goodbye, which is the episode where Picard is in the holodeck and has an adventure. And I really like that episode. Whoa, That's probably the best oh, one in season one. Holodeck um, adventure sounds like fun. Holodecks it is a fun episode. Are good. They're a good, they're a good plot device. Uh, we got no emails again. Haste, you didn't email me like you said you would. I'm very sad. I forgot. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to beammetosickbay at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much again to McFreeze. Haste, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for dealing with me being half asleep for the beginning of the episode. <laughs> thank you also to our audience for that. Uh, I don't know what was wrong with me. Thanks, hey, audience. Okay. It was a it was sleepy the episode. The first episode was a sleepy episode. Look, it was. you gotta warm up a little bit. You gotta right. get even Picard was sleeping through half the episode. You gotta crank yeah. up your Ferengi orb a little bit. <laughs> I think I gotta need to crank it down. I think I need to blow it up with a phaser. I think that was yeah, the issue. Yeah. But it was still uh, it was still good talking to you guys, and it was good doing this show. So I look forward to talking to you again about it next week. So tune in then when we talk about Haven and the big goodbye. Alrighty, this is fun. Thank you for talking with me. Thank you. Yeah.